James chapter 1, verse 19 to 25. Let's give our attentive listening, for this is the word of the Lord. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling us to worship you this morning and now to hear your word. God, give us, give us softened hearts to receive your word and uh, let your word effect change uh, in our lives, in our hearts, so that, Lord, indeed, uh, we will be your people and people of your word. We ask all this. In your son's name, amen. So we're continuing in the book of James. And um, so far we've looked at how James has been really addressing for the, the Christians what real faith in real life looks like. And he starts off with talking about our trials, right? To discern whether you're real faith is meeting real life, you got to think about how are you doing in your trials and in your suffering. And then he starts talking about how we handle our money and the seasons of financial wealth or poverty because, yeah, uh, faith must be tangible there as well. Is, is God's wisdom uh, guiding you in, in these areas? And I think at this point, you know, if I was a church member um, under, you know, the Apostle James's care or Pastor James's care, I, I would already feel like, wow, James, this is this is getting really real. This is getting really practical. Um, thank you for the for the wise counsel. Um, and then here's James in today's passage saying, um, "Hold up, wait a minute. There's more. <laughs> know this, my beloved brothers." If, if you want to really be wise and you want to really apply your faith to real life, we got to talk about your anger. You want to live by God's wisdom, you want to live faithfully and truly before the Lord, let's address your anger. And that's, that's helpful, isn't it? Uh, if, if a religion claims to be true, and it doesn't help its followers deal with the very real human problem of anger. Um, in what sense is that religion true? And, and James is, is an intensely practical letter. All of the theology in James comes with a tangible application. It reminds me of something my seminary professor, John Frame, used to say. All of theology is application. If it's true theology, it's application. And James is that type of an application theologian. He's all about bringing theology to bear our, on our lives and on our hearts. And so our passage today addresses something that is relevant to all of us, to me, to you, 
and that is our anger. Two things I want to observe with you uh, broadly from this passage, divide the passage into these two parts. First, how we should address our anger, and second, why uh, we should address our anger. All right, the how and the why. Okay, so point number one, how uh, we should address our anger. Um, the, The most immediate command concerning anger here is to be slow to anger. It's not, don't ever be angry. It's be slow at becoming angry. Be slow, which implies what? When we get angry, we're prone to be quick. (laughs) We're quick to anger. Um, One of the ways that I think people who love cars judge the quality of a car is how fast it can go from zero miles miles per hour to 60 miles per hour. So if you have what's called a two-second car, uh, that's a car that can go from zero to 60 in two seconds, an incredibly fast, strong um, engine. And I think our anger engine is even faster than that. (laughs) It's incredibly powerful. um, And it can go from zero being, you know, being at peace and friendly, kind, to 60 being angry and mean uh, in less than a second. Powerful engine. And the the first thing God tells us is, "Mm, be slower, be more like a Prius. Be more like a Kia, no offense to those of you who drive Kias. Uh, As you drag the car along the highway, remind yourself, this is how fast my anger should be. This is how difficult it should be to speed up my anger. God is saying, take all the time you need. Take all the time you can in getting angry. And the command is very helpfully accompanied by other commands that teach us just how to slow ourselves down a bit. Um, First, be quick to do something else, and that is to hear, to listen. As opposed to our two more common and maybe natural uh, responses in our anger, and that is to speak and or uh, to run, to avoid, to isolate. Saying, you know, move differently in your anger. Um, listen, meaning you got to stick around. Don't run, don't avoid, uh, and lean in. Because... Apart from that, you can't do what he's saying here. Listen, hear. Okay, hear what exactly and hear who? Um, There's two parts to that. First answer to that is um, listen listen to someone other than yourself because to be slow to speak, means you're not speaking, so who are you listening to? Well, not yourself, not your, not your own thoughts, um, the usual thought patterns that enter into our minds in our moment of anger, our reactive thoughts, our judgmental thoughts, the, the I am the judge and jury of the court kind of self-justifying thoughts, impatient thoughts. Be quick to hear something else other than your own thoughts. And 
The verse before this, in verse 18, it said, we are brought forth by God's word of truth. Later in 21, it says, we receive the implanted word. So this command to hear is sandwiched between the two verses about the word of God. So the first thing then in context we have to hear is the voice of God. The voice of God communicated to us in his word. That's what we are to first lean into and hear. Okay. What is God saying to you in your moment of anger? Listen for that. It's something I started to say more to my kids. Um, not always. I try to time it and, and ask my kids in their moment of anger, what is God saying to you in this, in this moment? I hear what you're saying. You're yelling it, so I hear you. I hear what you're saying. What, what is God? What is God saying? That's the question. Also, given that James is uh, uh, saying this to his community, right? He addresses the brothers, plural. He's also saying that we must be, therefore, quick to hear the person right in front of us, that the person we're in, in conflict with. Listen to God. Listen to your neighbor. So one of the ways that Scripture diagnoses the problem of our anger is that we listen too much to ourselves, not enough to God, not enough to our neighbors. But in our moments of anger, he's calling us to slow down and begin listening and leaning into the voice of God and the voice of our neighbors, which can bring more understanding, more even compassion towards your neighbor as you gather more data to slow everything down, to perhaps even slow your body down. Take a deep breath and another deep breath and just slow everything down so you can listen well. Listen well to God and listen well to others. Proverbs is a great place to turn to in our moments of anger if, if we're intending to listen to God more proactively. Um, I turn to it often, as some of you know, in you know, one of our in our one-on-one um, conversations about anger, uh, we, we use Proverbs a lot, right? Um, Proverbs 19 and 11, for example, says, it is our glory to overlook an offense. There are less grievous sins or offenses that we can overlook graciously and mercifully. Consider that. Consider overlooking an offense. Proverbs 14.29 says, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. So when we rush to conclusions before gaining more understanding, we can often make a fool out of ourselves or say things we regret. Um, Proverbs 15 says, A hot-tempered man stirs of strife, more strife than is warranted by the situation. But he who is slow to anger quiets contention, and a soft answer turns away wrath. There's wisdom in seeking to quiet contention, making peace. And there's wisdom in considering what is the softest possible reply I can give to this person who's offended me. God gives us uh, in his word how to be, how exactly to be slower at becoming angry. Now, again, having said that, the Bible is also clear. Anger itself is not always a bad thing. Slow, be slow to anger, not never be angry, right? 
Paul says in Ephesians, be angry. Be angry. And do not sin. There is a place for righteous anger that's moral, that's good, that's actually beautiful and Christ-like. But there's a reason why Paul says, and do not sin right after that, because we, we often sin in our anger. Uh, when anger is placed in the, the hands of a fallen human being like you and me, it becomes bad. It becomes bad anger. It becomes something ugly, something sinful. In fact, it can become something even worse than the initial offense that you're reacting to and make you more culpable, more subject to God's judgment. So is there a place for righteous anger? Yes. At the same time, you have to realize the anger of man is often unrighteous. So God is gently and uh, lovingly admonishing us in our anger, saying, Beloved, don't be so quick to anger. Don't be so quick to call something out because it's wrong and really consider whether you've listened enough. And consider how it is you're calling something out, whether it's there's sinful anger in you driving you to do so, whether you are using ungodly means to address ungodliness, whether you're harboring in your heart self-righteousness, impatience, pride, rudeness, because that would place you on the same boat as your offender in God's eyes. It's equally ungodly, equally upsets God. Your bad anger can rightly anger him. So, like a father instructing his little children, God is saying to us, you know, children, you're not very good at this. You're not good at anger. Listen to me. Listen to my teaching. Listen to my instruction. Don't do anger your way. Listen to me and do it my way. Let me guide you in how to do anger so you can do it wisely. Do it slowly. Do it lovingly. Be slow to speak. Quick to hear. Slow to anger. So those are some of the hows that James lays out for us. Okay? Why? Why are we addressing this? Is it simply because as Christians um, we should be decent? As Christians we need to uh, never show anger um, and just bottle things up or be, be somebody sort of emotional, punching back. No, not at all. Again, there's a time to be angry. Um, but God is, God is cautioning us from the bad anger that, that we have to look out for. Why? Why does this matter so much to God, how we go about anger, even if it is anger at something that's truly wrong? And the reason he gives us is simply this, because it is who you are. You are God's beloved children. You're saints. James is addressing the saints as beloved, God's beloved children, and therefore he's essentially saying, be like your beloved father, who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Conform to him, because the flip side of this is if we are not conforming to God we are conforming to something 
anti-God, something opposed to him and his character, something devilish, something wicked. So the warning makes sense, starting from verse 20 and on. Um, The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. A couple things here that point point us to why. Why it's important we address anger. First, it's a moral problem. And it is your moral problem. When in Christ you are morally good, there's something about your sinful anger that contradicts all that is good in you, all that is Christ in you. So the anger of man is not just this emotionally unpleasant thing or humanly indecent thing. In God's eyes, it's a morally vile, filthy thing within us. That's why he's addressing this with urgency. It's something in us that can further undo us, lead to other forms of wickedness, hatred, bitterness, vengeance, self-righteousness, pride, perhaps even violence. It destroys so many Christian things in the Christian life. All that is good and beautiful and honorable and noble. It's a monstrous thing that robs us of these things. It's spiritual cancer. So it should not be brought into um, the fellowship of the saints and much less um, the saint himself or herself. And when when it's found, therefore, it should be promptly removed. God is saying uh, this matters because it's your issue. It's our issue. It's my issue. It's something we carry in our hearts. We have to own that and deal with that because of who we are. David Paulison, he would say, he he wrote, others can push our buttons, that's for sure. Other people can push our buttons, but they are your buttons. You can't abdicate responsibility by saying, you made me angry, and it's your fault. No, others tend to reveal the anger in you, That's been inside you all along. It's still your anger. It comes from your heart. You must own it. And this is why God addresses this for his children. uh, Who must uh, turn away from all these things that contradict the moral goodness of God. uh, Contradict Christ in us. Second... Um, anger is something we must address as saints because it evidences our reconciled relationship to God. Okay. Uh, it says in verse 21, to receive the word of God in meekness. Meekness meaning um, gentleness. That's interesting because he's not first asking you to be gentle uh, before your neighbors. Be gentle with uh, your spouse or your uh, coworker or classmate that comes later the primary thing he's saying you need meekness for is the word of god receive the word of god with meekness and gentleness meaning in your anger the one you're primarily resisting is god we we resist god before we resist people 
when we give in to anger and fail to resemble his meekness, his gentleness, and his lowliness. Don't reject the word of God. In meekness, receive him and his word. Receive from him what your proper response in that moment ought to be. James goes as far as to remind the saints, the implanted word in you is able to save your soul. Why does he say that? Why bring up salvation in the context of anger? Because of what he says in verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He's talking about salvation in the context of our anger because anger is something we do. And if we have been saved, we will do the word and not just hear it. Wait, is James saying then that there are people who falsely believe that they have been saved if they're not making any efforts to actually follow God's word and do what he says. Yes, that's what he's saying. He's saying there are false believers with false conversions. So do not deceive yourselves. Beloved, don't deceive yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. It doesn't quite mean much if all you do is attend church services and hear. Go to conferences and hear. Go to retreats and hear. And not do it. Because that's where it counts. That's where real faith shows up in real life. Particularly in the practical area like, like our anger. That's where real faith meets real life, if we're not just hearing God's word there, but doing it. And what has God said to us? Um, I mean, for those of you who grew up in the church, you've been hearing a lot. Um, Be patient, because love is patient. Don't just hear God saying that. Show patience. Choose patience over displays of irritation, annoyance, rolling the eyes, the dismissive sighing, or literally just walking away from someone for good, never to enter their fellowship again. Be patient. Do patience. Remain in patience. Listen in patience. Don't just hear the word of God saying, don't keep any record of wrongs. Do that. Choose to not... Not count something against someone if you've made the decision to forgive them and not say things like, can't believe you did this again. We've been over this. You always do this. You never do that. That's keeping a record and using it against them later. Love keeps no record of wrongs. You've heard that. Are you doing it? Don't just hear the word of God saying, pray for those who persecute you. Pause everything you're doing. Sit down. Think of the face and the name 
Pray for that person who offended you. Pray for their restoration, for their repentance, for their nearness to God, for their sanctification. Don't just hear the word of God saying, suffer for righteousness' sake, but consider the cost of forgiveness, the cost of forgiving your enemies, and count that cost as as a suffering that you gladly carry and carry it because it's Christ-like suffering, to suffer for righteousness' sake. Why? Why do any of this? Because this is who you are. You're saints. You're beloved children of God because this is who you are. This is your natural face that James is talking about in verse 23. When you look in the mirror, this is what you see, a saint. That is why. If anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, listening to sermons intently, reading Christian books intently, listening to Christian podcasts intently, knowing who you are in the Lord intently, and going away at once forgetting. Forgetting who they are in the, in the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevering in that. Why would he say that? Why, why say that uh, the law is perfect, the law liberates? Because in Christ, in Christ, there is no condemnation. In Christ, there is no punishment for sin. He covers us completely and totally, and we are now, we're no, we cannot be more in Christ than we are already right now. We are now fully in Christ. That's what the gospel mirror is showing us. Don't Don't forget. And live as though you are still a slave to your flesh, slave to your worldly passions, slave to your anger. But remember, you are remade by God's grace and peace. That's that's who you are. Persevere in that, and then the law, you will see, is for you a law of liberty. The law can no longer condemn you. The law can only sanctify you, mature you, make you more Christ-like. It can only benefit you. So go to the law of God. It's your law of liberty. God calls us to address our anger, not simply because anger is unpleasant and indecent. No, he's saying, don't you know who you are? Don't you know who you are? And be, therefore, who you are. And do who you are. So he gives us the why and and being the practical practitioner, pastor he is, he gives us the how. Are Christians great at this? Are they good at this? Uh, Slow to anger, listening, abiding, and patiently enduring. James wouldn't be writing this if they were. This letter would not exist if Christians were just nailing this. He's writing this because Christians kind of suck at this. But can Christians grow in this? Can they mature in this direction? James wouldn't be writing this if they can't grow 
and move in this direction. Are members of NCA good at this? I would say not yet. But can we grow in this? Yeah. And we have. We are. We're, we're more patient with each other than we were five years ago. We're, more, we're better at listening to each other than we were five years ago. Um, we're better at practicing meekness with one another. And we're being discipled into it more and being equipped into it more and more. That's our hope, to, to continue to grow into what we are. Beloved saints, children of God, let's keep going in this direction as James is urging us to live according to God's perfect law that is meant for our betterment now, can only better us, and apply it. Apply his wisdom, his law, to your trials, to your financial struggles, and to your anger. Apply it. Apply it in your moments of anger. Apply it in, your, in the moment of encountering other people's anger. Because there's a, there's a temptation to right, um, separate ourselves as much as possible from angry people. Isn't there? And in some extreme cases, that's necessary. You need to physically remove yourself from that. But in other cases, let's consider how we can draw near. Draw near even to them. Because our Heavenly Father does that. That's his thing. And he's just shown us, I mean, the, in the past half hour, how he draws near to angry people like you and me. He draws near gently with his word of truth. So if our faith in God is to be active in real life, we've got to imitate that in the way we interact with those who are also angry. And that's why we want to be discipled, uh, discipled into God's word, to become more Christ-like. Know how to be like Christ in being good and angry. Good and angry. Was Jesus angry at times? Yeah, for sure. But he was slow and very selective in how he expressed his anger, very careful, always also accompanied by his gentle and lowly character. Our aim is to still to be more and more like him, our, our adopted uh, big brother. And learn from him how to draw near to our neighbors, our brothers and sisters in Christ, how to, how to stick around um, as our shepherd sticks around, even the likes of us. Let's remember that we are the sheep of this good shepherd, even the things that we will suffer as we follow him will only lead to our good and our, our gain. Trust him that way. Continue to learn from him, learn from his, his gentleness and, and lowliness. Learn how to be good and angry like him. And invite him, therefore, him, primarily Christ, to be your wisdom in your anger. Invite him in to that place. Um, always remember there's a, third person there uh, in your conflict in your moments of anger Christ is there he shepherds you he will lead you let's pray our gracious God
beloved Heavenly Father, we thank you. Uh, you are you are slow to anger with us. You're abounding in, in steadfast love towards us. And if you weren't, none of us would be sitting here. Thank you. Father, help us imitate you. Help your children grow into your image. Empower us by your spirit to do that. We confess our helplessness in this. We confess uh, we're so quick, so quick to be anger, angry, so quick to judge. Um, have mercy on us and help us to conform to Christ and live according to the, the law of liberty that makes us better, not more condemned. Um, and therefore help us to live according to your wisdom. Help us to grow in this as a church. Help us to bear with one another. And Lord, may we be doers of your word. We ask all this in your son's merciful name. Amen.